Welcome to Ikigai Stories. I'm Sam Yushio. The goal of this podcast is to showcase people who are living with intention, working hard to align actions with priorities, and ultimately to provide a platform of inspiration for those seeking to live a life rooted in purpose. Kim Morrison and Noel Alex are co-founders of Beans and Company, an inclusive coffee cafe in Avon, Connecticut, on a mission to change the world. With the tagline, Everyone Belongs, the Beans and Company mission is inspired by their daughters with Down syndrome and a friendship between two successful women who embody courage, intelligence, and compassion. 80% of individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities are unemployed or underemployed. At Beans, Kim and Noel have created a welcoming environment with an inclusive workforce that employs a 50-50 split of employees with and without intellectual and developmental disabilities. The results have been nothing short of amazing. 25 years ago, Kim and her husband Scott launched a restaurant called the New England Pasta Company with a vision of franchising the model. But three years into the business, plans changed. Their daughter Meg, born with Down syndrome, faced early health complications that required open heart surgery at four months old, followed by a tracheotomy at five months old. In the next 10 years, Meg would have eight major reconstructive surgeries on her airways and over 30 doctor visits requiring plane travel. Throughout all of these challenges, the New England Pasta Company moved forward, the Morrisons had a second daughter, Molly, and Kim found support in her friendship with Noelle. Noelle's background is in big-time corporate law. She is the mother to three daughters, including Kate, her second child, who was born with Down syndrome and faced chronic pneumonia as an infant. Noelle reflects on a stage in life where both she and her husband, Tim, were working demanding jobs in New York City with three children under the age of four years old. And doing all this while making regular trips to New Jersey to visit physicians focused on special needs children with pulmonary challenges. Eventually, Noelle and her family moved to Connecticut, where she met Kim, and the early seeds of Beans and Company were planted. These early experiences served as the backbone for an incredible relationship between Kim and Noelle that eventually led to the observation that special needs young adults age out of the system at 21 years old with few opportunities waiting for them. The timing of that observation aligned with an inflection point in the New England Pasta Company where Kim was considering strategic options for their cafe business. Then, the light bulb went off. In less than a year, Beans & Company went from idea to grand opening as these two friends, businesswomen, and mothers worked tirelessly with the support of their family and their community to bring the vision to life. And since then, they've seen some of the very best in humanity. It's important to note that because we're on opposite sides of the country, this episode was recorded with technology that allowed us to visually see each other while capturing the audio for the podcast. And throughout the discussion, Meg was in the room with Kim and Noel, smiling, laughing, and adding an element of joy that brought the magic of Beans and Company to life for me personally. Throughout the conversation, you'll hear Meg in the background breathing through her trach. And as you hear that sound, 
I encourage you to visualize a young woman who has overcome more challenges than most of us, but still lives each day with happiness and joy. And in essence, you get to hear Meg's happiness through her breathing. There's so much inspiration in the way that she acknowledges the richness in life, and hearing Meg throughout the episode serves as a constant reminder. Finally, Kim and Noel make an important point that you don't need to start a business to accomplish this mission. An inclusive workforce can be implemented almost anywhere. There's support to accomplish that end, including engaging these two leaders in this mission. If you're interested in learning more, please check out Beans and Company's website at beansandco.com. That's B-E-A-N-Z and co.com. Now, please enjoy this episode of Ikigai Stories with Kim Morrison, Megan Morrison, and Noelle Alex from Beans and Company. Kim and Noelle, thank you for being here. Thanks for having us, Sam. Thanks for having us, Sam. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so why don't we kick it off, Kim, with, uh, can you provide some background on Beans and Company, please? You want me to start, like, from the beginning? Um, Just from the top. From the top, yeah. okay. So, wow. Um, I've been in the hospitality business my whole life, and um, the New England Pasta Company for the last 24 years and about, I think it was in, oh gosh, November 2017, my husband and I were talking about um, renewing our lease here in the building that we're in, which is a, it's a beautiful building. It's right in the center of Avon, you know, an A-plus spot as far as retail and compared to other spots that we've rented before. And you know, we wanted to make sure that all facets of our business were running on, on full tilt before we, you know, signed up an, on an, for another five-year lease. And we really, you know, we, we produce fresh pasta, we have gourmet to go, we have um, homemade desserts, we have corporate catering, catering, all these different little departments. And the one place in our business that really wasn't producing like it needed to was our cafe. So this being our fourth location, we kind of grew as we went. Um, and we we rent 4,000 square feet, which is relatively large for what we do. So we um, incorporated a cafe five years ago, six years ago now. And um, so we were looking at the numbers, trying to decide what to do, realizing that we that's one part that really needed to um, improve. And if we couldn't think of a way, was it really worth re-signing? And was this a, a, the sign to like be done after 20, 25 years? So we, you know, we thought about how we could improve um, on customer service, and people were saying that the feedback we were getting is that everything, the food was good, but the service was slow. And at that point, we had um, waitresses and you know table service. So my initial idea was to go to counter service, which was a trend in the restaurant business. A lot of the the smaller places were going to counter, so oh, that didn't scare me at all. But it's it, something just wasn't. It wasn't enough. Um, so I sat down with Noel, and we, we did often about our kids because they were starting to get towards that, you know, that 21-year-old age, and we knew what was ahead was was not hopeful and promising for our kids. So, you know, after talking a bit about it, I'm like, well, wait a second. You know, we're talking about changing the way we do business in our cafe. We have a kitchen. We have a menu. We have inventory. We have 25 years of experience. 
of running this, why don't we do something where our kids can work it? So it really, the conversation just kind of kept going from there. And um, what we were thinking is, you know, we were worried about our daughters getting jobs. And then as we're talking, we realized, oh my gosh, we can actually be that place. Um, well, really, Kim could be that place, and I could help her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it yeah. was it, it kind of was a no-brainer, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, the, it, it was something that happened really fast. So if you take the, the conversation happened in November of um, 2017, we started and, and opened in December of 2018. So mm -hmm. in that short amount of time, we um, we met up with a – we connected with a nonprofit. We did some fundraising. We were able to bring in equipment that we were able to adapt um, to the population that needed it, um, encounters um, that were a little bit shorter, you know, coffee equipment that was a little bit simpler, and, and um, cash registers or, or computer systems that were easy to navigate. Uh, so we were able to do that rel relatively fast, but that was our goal. We really wanted to open um, during the Christmas season, we didn't want to hold off until the beginning of 2019, which we probably could have done too, uh, but we wanted to capitalize on the New England Pasta Company's um, really busy time and where you have, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of, not just guaranteed business, walking through your door, you have a lot of business. It's our busiest month of the year and it's, um, and it, it, it just worked. We weren't, I mean, things have changed. We've grown into our space over the last eight months. We've, um, you know, decorated a little differently we've added some more things to it but we opened our doors and we were good to go in December of last year so so what does the place look like today um, or, or well yeah I mean, what what is beans and company when someone walks in to so the door? so when somebody walks in well they walk they'll most of the people are walking in through the New England Pasta Company doors, so there is some education to ha that has to happen as soon as people walk in if they're not familiar. Um, it is a little confusing at first, um, but you walk into the the Pasta Company space, and then at the end of the um, at the end of the room, there, at the end of the 4,000 square feet, there's just a beautiful cafe. We have very um, calming colors, and we brought in new tables. Um, it's very homey. Um, warm safe you know people make that comment all the time of how how much they just love how they feel when they walk in um, so you walk in and you can um, come in for breakfast you can come in for lunch you can come in for just coffee people are are hanging out um, on their Wi-Fi you know having meetings um, in the afternoon we offer the coffee until the end of the day with all the pastries that are made right in my kitchen so um, you know, simple menu, but really, really, really good. And that's that's the way we were doing it before. So you take this this you know you know I'm not going to call it a minor tweak of what we did, but a kind of a major tweak. And you know, business just exploded. We kept the same menu. We just changed the way that you order your food and the way that you receive your food and who gives it to you. So it was. For me, that was the only change. I'm pretty sure Noel would look at it as like it was a lot more than that, but it was like we just have to change the staff and change our, you know, our process. So, yeah. So we could. So, yeah. So that's. So I, I, I definitely want to come back to that. I'm, I'm curious, Noel, about your, your take on. 
on all of this, uh, well, especially on what Kim just said right there. Um, so I do think it was more than a tweak. Um, uh, Kim, having had 25 years in the you know hospitality or restaurant and beverage uh, industry, I had none. So I was coming in at ground zero, um, and I was good at like you know helping find employees, making connections with um, a local agency, FABAR, that provides services to individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities, um, contacts with occupational therapists and different um, job coaches, you know, all those kind of extra resources that we could use. Um, uh, it moved very fast. It went from an idea, like Kim said, and was it OC? 17, like the fall or winter of 2017, to opening, to really going, you know, starting the renovations in um, the end of summer, early fall of 2018, and then opening our doors on December 1st, 2018. Um, with, I think we started off with four or five employees mm -hmm. with intellectual and, dis and developmental disabilities. Now we have about 10, um, and the model is is really based upon an inclusive workforce um, where um, there's, it's always almost one-to-one, -one, where we have half of our staff are typical employees and half of our staff um, has um, IDD. What's great about that, Sam, is that, you know, the, the support staff, um, for lack of a better, you know, title for them, um, they're not you know, paraprofessionals in schools. These these people that, the, the, this staff that we have, they're awesome. Some of them are college um, graduates. Some of them are, are moms. Some of them are just our friends. Um, and we all work as hard as the other. There's nobody standing around telling um, anybody else, okay, so, okay, go take the order and then bring it back to the kitchen. You know, they're handing it off. They have their assigned um, jobs for the day, and at any particular time, they'll change it up saying, oh, let's give Lauren a chance on the register, or I'm going to go back and I'm going to expedite. You know, for example, today, um, one of the girls who was there from day one, she wanted to learn how to expedite, which is taking the food, you know, from the kitchen and making sure that she's giving the right food to the right table, and it sounds super simple, but it's not. <laughs> Ask Noelle. No, it's not. Um, um, and she loved it. She was so proud of herself for being able to do it. Yeah. She was like pushing me out of the way, and I'm like, okay, I'm out. It's like you got this. So we yeah. we we just feel like this business, this the food and beverage industry, just offers up so many amazing life skills, um, from you know organization to social skills to you know, making the right change, to answering the phones, to eye contact, to, you know, just greeting people and, and kind of reading body language, which is, you know, those are a lot of the challenges that, challenges that our, our kids have. So this is real life and it's really fun. And so I think they learn better when they're, they're really enjoying their job, like anybody, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. My uh, yeah. my daughter Kate was a host is a hostess um, and buses tables at a local pizza place and she's the only one um, with a disability at that place of employment and we hired a job coach to go with her um, which I think we paid at the time the job coach twenty dollars an hour for Kate to make um, I don't know what she made eight or nine dollars an hour um, and then after um, like three or four months the manager said she doesn't need a job coach we're good um, and 
that model and how Kate was able to lean on her typical employees and it was very natural um, is yeah. is kind of the model we wanted to bring to Beans where yeah. you don't always need a job coach there you can you know they'll check in and help out but the goal is to gain independence in um, in working so is that I, th I can see how that's directly integrated with the the mission and the philosophy of what you're you know um, what you're setting out to or what you are accomplishing with beans do so can you talk a little bit about the 50 50 mm -hmm. and and what you just said right there Noel um, about uh, job coaching or just mm -hmm. um, that responsibility in mentorship mm -hmm. if you will absolutely so um, we were lucky Kim and I um, to our daughters went to school here in Connecticut, different towns, but where um, inclusion, which is getting educated in a in your neighborhood school um, for individuals with disabilities, was commonplace. Um, so my daughter, for instance, went to kindergarten, a typical kindergarten. She took the big yellow bus on her own. Um, so from kindergarten through high school, she was fully included to the extent she could. Um, academically, different classes. Um, but all of Kate's friends actually were all typical peers. And her best friend is still her best friend who just graduated from college. Um, and so Kate's world was very inclusive. And I saw how she learned so much, all the social skills, all the soft skills um, uh, from her typical peers. And then when she went to look for a job, um, I just saw how it naturally happened there where um, she would ask a waitress a question or she had trouble with the table numbers, for instance, which table was which, and um, they, some one of her coworkers drew a map. Um, and I don't know what kind of faces they put on it, but that was her way to learn the table numbers. Um, and it just became very natural. Um, and that's how it should be. We shouldn't have, just how in schools, my feeling has been, We've worked really hard to have inclusive education and have everyone included in the school system, but then at 21 years of age when these students are no longer, um, you know, the education, they age out of the education system, well, we did a great job of giving them great academic skills and life skills and job training skills, but then there's nothing <laughs> um, waiting for them. There's no work world. Um, so I saw that kind of just even in Kate's job at, at the pizza place she works at, how it could really happen and how it could work well and why not do it on just a larger scale. Um, so so that's kind of how it, I would say, how, and we feel very strongly about it being inclusive. I don't, I don't think we need to have um, a segregated workforce. Yeah. And you don't need to start a business to accomplish this mission. Um, we, Kim, you know, had her cafe and we started Beans & Co. with the premise of it being an inclusive workforce. But there's a million employers out there. Um, you don't need to start a business to hire an individual with a disability. An inclusive workforce can be implemented almost anywhere. Yeah. Um, and there's absolutely supports to do that. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I, I definitely want to 
continue on that thread, but I, I want to put a pin in it and come back, come back to that because mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Um, so, uh, so you've been open for eight months, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is that right? Yep. Eight, oh. eight, nine months. Yeah, okay. Been, yeah, no. um, it seems longer, so actually. Almost yeah. seems, probably seems it longer. Does seem longer. longer. <laughs> it seems longer. Uh, and you reflect on the last, just from the day the door opened to where you're at now. Can you just talk about how, just um, how it's changed? How the maybe just we'll start really simple. How the business has changed. So we'll start there, okay? and then maybe talk about how it's impacted you personally. If you both can share sure. how it's impacted. Well, you I, the, probably the biggest change, Sam, has been watching um, the community. Um, yes, our kids are growing and, um, and learning a lot. Our, our staff, I, I call them kids. I have to be careful with that. Um, I'm on Kim about yeah, that. Yeah, she, she reminds me a lot about that. But um, anyway, so I know our staff has grown a lot, but to watch the community change and to watch the, the, um, the atmosphere in the cafe after watching it for five years be what it was to be what it is now, I mean, people... Um, you know, our goal was to okay. Let's how can we get people in and out of here faster and be and be really efficient. And we knew we could do it. But what's happening is that people are actually staying longer. They're not leaving. They're yeah. becoming kinder. They're becoming more patient. You can watch their faces when they're standing in line. Where yes, they still have to wait because it it does take a little bit longer to get through a line. Um, they're okay with that. Yeah. I mean, we had one really busy day last week where, you know, everything kind of happened at once, and it was a it was a tad bit chaotic. And then all of a sudden, I look out, and we have a line 20 deep, and I have to jump behind the line because it was too busy for one person to handle it. And I and I kind of lost contact with the front of the house, which is is my strength. I can I can work in a kitchen, but it's not my favorite place to be. <laughs> but you know, afterwards, I'm like, I, I need to go do some damage control. That's kind of how I felt, you know, to myself. I didn't say that out loud. And um, I, I went to every single table. And every single table was like, we're good. It was delicious. The food's really good here. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> because I was actually working. <laughs> so that makes me feel good. But no, but people were like really, they're like wonder, almost wondering why I was asking if everything, you know, everything was okay. But, you yeah. know. It just there's a whole different vibe here right now, and it's it's really fun to experience. It's just much more chill and um, warm and fuzzy, and you know, welcoming. welcoming. And people are just staying longer, coming back more often. Um, mm -hmm. You know, some people have their that's our table. We're at the same table all the time. You have to name it after us. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> it's such a difference. It's so nice. It's so yeah. nice. Well, yeah. So, is, so before we, before Noel, before you answer that, um, so the the you know I, I need to move to the front of the house. I need to check in within damage control. <laughs> I'm sure that's hardwired, right? From twenty plus years yeah. of of restaurant. So I'm 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 really intrigued by you know. Uh, you said the menu's the same. Mm -hmm. A lot of the processes are the yep. same. Uh, how the, the people delivering it's different. Mm -hmm. um, the brand is different. Mm -hmm. uh, the experience is clearly different. Um, 
and it sounds like there's a there's a transformation that's happening for you personally right like that's an inflection point just as a oh yeah as a business owner and a professional um there's this change well there it's happening. like a you know like reborn like rejuvenated about what i do and like re-energized um i i love the pasta company that is like i gosh it's been 25 years and that's that was blood sweat and tears and tons of work but you know i think i had you know maybe i talked to you about this before but um you know back in the day when my husband and i opened doing the pasta company our our goal was to open you know more of these around because it was such a unique business um model and then my daughter was born and um and who is 21 she has down syndrome and that kind of the path changed um and and it was and it's okay and it but we never really regained got back on track of what we thought we were going to do with our future of our business um until now so i really believe that that was never meant to be we never really could have done it because you know we were young and you know new business owners you think everything's going to be you know great and all that and you needed the, we needed the 25 years of experience to um you know <laughs> we needed those 25 years to to be able to do what we're doing now you know it's just we couldn't have done this without having that experience under our belt there's no doubt in my mind mm-hmm. so with that experience you know then it you know the future is to be decided at this point so yeah but mm-hmm. it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty heartwarming to feel that come back in and yeah. you know i i feel like i'm working harder than ever um and i'm okay with that uh yeah. because i know that there's you know it's for a really really great reason and a good purpose so yeah so yeah. i think on um on a professional from a business side as as the parent of a child with disabilities you um i and i don't know kim if you would agree but i would say 95% of the time you get to be the recipient of <laughs> just kindness from strangers you see usually the mm-hmm. best in people just oh, yeah. in their interaction so now i feel like we're seeing that on the business side where it it actually you're seeing the best in everyone including staff and customers mm-hmm. um it just brings out this innate i don't know i don't know what the word is um so you can have goodness, you can have goodness, yeah, goodness, yeah, goodness goodness, compassion um yeah. in people both in um well you just you just learn customers and you just learn so much um for example to kind of sum it up we have one customer who you know we always have a few challenges of people like you want to your goal is to make them smile because they just come in and they they don't look happy and but i i was look at that as a challenge like how can i how can i change this today and i have one customer and i saw him walking towards me and i'm like i'm going to do it today and this was beans was open and he had come in for the first time he's looking around and he's reading our mission statement and he got his breakfast and i'm like well i didn't quite make that happen today but that's okay maybe next time and then he came up to me at the counter and he's like i need to tell you something and i'm like oh, okay <laughs> like i'm not sure how this can go badly but i'm just going to prepare myself and he's like i just want to thank you for what you do and i'm like thank you and he he 
proceeded to share a story about how he had a daughter with um, cystic fibrosis who passed away when she was 13. And um, you know, he had a hard time going on from there. Um, it was still you know, a pretty hard story for him to tell. And um, so we just related on a different level and now it's totally different when he walks in the door. So he never would have shared that with me if he had just come into pasta company to buy um, you know, to buy his pound of pasta or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's, it gives everybody yeah. the opportunity when they're ready to, to share. And that's been really, um, really rewarding. Um, for, for was us. he a customer that you had seen before? All the time. In, at pasta? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, so he was and there was really no, there was no opportunity company. to, to have more interaction than just you know, behind a counter. This was more like, you know, we're walking around and we're talking and he feels comfortable enough to come up to us and, and share a pretty personal story um, that we I just was not expecting at all. But that that is happening daily, daily yeah. that we're hearing stories of all different kinds of stories. It's pretty wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's unlocked uh, just an opportunity or platform mm -hmm. for people yeah. to be more... They feel um, safe. Authentic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They feel safe, yeah. Yeah, that's probably exactly yeah. right, Sam. Um, there's no, I, I think you leave your judgment at the door and you leave your, um, right. you know, who you think you should be at the door yeah. and you get to just be yourself. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the two of you. How did, how did the two of you meet? I mean, I, I know... <laughs> I, oh, I have a, yeah. uh, a hypothesis, but look, look, can we talk about the two of you and your journey to sure. to beans? Yeah, um, go ahead. As friends first, probably business partners second, and uh, yeah, friends for twenty years first. Um, uh, I'm I moved up from New York and joined a mothers group for mothers of children with Down syndrome, and my middle daughter Kate, who has Down syndrome, was young, I think two and a half, and Meg, Kim's daughter, was. Um, Gosh, gosh, one yeah. um, and um, we instantly were friends um, and had a very positive outlook for the future um, where um, I didn't want to be bogged down with what could happen in the future in a negative light um, so I don't know Kim and I <laughs> we would have just gone out and had a glass of wine and not even <laughs> talked about our kids um, so that's how our friendship has been over the last 20 years I mean certainly I feel like in that aspect of our lives we both get it um, and I know I can tell Kim anything with no judgment and no one who's just trying to make me feel better she'll just sometimes listen um, when oh, you're having a bad day yeah. and there's been many times when our kids were young because both of our girls had a lot of respiratory issues and, and health issues when they were younger much more when they were younger mm -hmm. still happens here and there um, but I would just call her up after having a, just a really horrible day and feeling super sorry for myself. And I would call her up, I'm like, oh, you have to tell me a Kate story. Please tell me that she ate like <laughs> 10 lemons and yeah, you so. know, packed and unpacked all of her funny, I mean, the Kate stories are crazy. So it's, and it, it would work because we were living it. And you know, that's. Yeah, and you you know nothing you would say <laughs> would surprise me. Would surprise the other it would just person. Make, it would just make me laugh. Um, and 
I, as, uh, I, I am not so great in the whole hospitality arena, um, but Kim is, so she catered almost all of my parties for me. I could call her that morning and tell her I was having 25 people, and she might, um, you know, uh, under her breath, give a lot of uh, choice words, but then she would come through for me. Um, uh, by day, I'm a corporate lawyer, so I, I come into it with a really different background. Um, I have great enthusiasm. My daughters tell me I have just great drive, but not much skill. Um, and usually, <laughs> they usually refer to me that way in sports. Um, um, another, it, another reason to visit Beans is to just watch us in action is actually pretty comical. <laughs> yeah. uh, Some entertainment yeah, value. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we lunch have, and a show. <laughs> I know. Uh, um, I'm trying to get better, though. I'm learning. I'm a slow learner. Um, so we have this 20-year history of friendship, and we, I would say Kim brings all of the expertise to the table as far as this business goes. Um, uh, you know, legal has helped, um, certainly in, you know, figuring some stuff out um, and, uh, you know, connections. But it's been really easy. I, I'm surprised, honestly, mm -hmm. of how easy it's been. Well, they, they always say, like, partnerships, you know, is, can be very, very tricky. And um, there was never a, a doubt for me. Like, I, I knew when this was about to happen, there was no way I wanted to do this alone. You know, I'm in business with my husband, and that's one thing. But, you know, to, to take on a whole new business, because even though it, it isn't new, you know, and we have the, the, the loyal customer base and the 25 years of experience, it was still new. And there was just no way I wanted to do this alone. And she, she underestimates what she brings to the table. Believe me, she brings a ton. And um, it's just a really good balance. Um, we wouldn't want, you know, to have two people that thought they knew everything about the food and beverage business because that would probably be, you know, would end badly. But um, mm. it's just been a, a great relationship. We, we balance each other out. We, we, our kids know, like, a ton of people. So I think between the four of us, we probably have, you know, a good amount of the valley covered with, with people. So, and that, that helps when you have a business yeah. is or, or who you know. So. Yeah. You had, you had a 20-year dating period. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So when when did you start having the conversations about making this what it is? Like when did that when did that like when can you think back to that initial conversation? Yeah. So we probably were having that conversation for a while, but not really knowing that it was going to lead to beans. Um, you know, when our daughters were in high school, um, you know you start thinking, what's after that? What's next? And um, are, you know, so many kids you say, oh, you know, your typical children, you can say, you know, what do you think you want to study in college? Maybe they want to go into the services or go into a trade or, or whatever it is. But for this population, there really is not that conversation that happens. And Kim and I were talking about like what does it look like for our daughters in the future like what do you think it'll be like after they come out of the transition academy so we were having you know it was probably over wine or, yeah. or, or pizza or whatever um, for years um, and then well, I think the official conversation where the, the 
the idea came out onto the table was actually at a Starbucks right down the road because <laughs> it was it's like the only coffee shop before now that you could go to <laughs> and have a you know a conversation although you bumped into everybody you knew but um, you know that's where because I remember saying it to her I'm like wait a second it was almost like a light bulb went up we're sitting here talking about this but wait a second yeah. I'm trying to solve a problem I'm trying to solve a problem in my restaurant I'm, we're trying yeah. to solve a problem with our girls. I'm like, wait a second, we can do this. Yeah. Why then, not us? Is right. what we were thinking. Exactly. Like, why not? And we kind of let it, yeah. you know, that was right before the holidays of 17, 2017. And we kind of let it go to bed for a while. And then, you know, in the spring, I'm like, okay, so now we need really, really need to start thinking about this because I really want to get it open in October. And she's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and everybody was like, that's really aggressive. I'm like, because October means December in the back of my head. I'm like, I knew that would give us some lead time, but... You know, this yeah. was fast. It was really fast. There was a lot of a lot of late nights painting walls and building mm-hmm. counters, and you know we didn't just have stuff brought in. We we yeah. we her husband is very handy. It was you know building counters and um, fixing walls and you know redoing bathrooms and you know we we knew we wanted it a certain way and you know, I think we're almost we're almost there. Almost, yeah. <laughs> we're almost there. Yeah. We always find yeah. something to do. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, can you talk about your personal journey? Just to, I mean, you've, you've touched on a, a couple different uh, inflection points on your lives, but uh, can you talk about just your personal journey um, to this point, to Beans? Um, sure. Um, you know, it... Oh, wow, that's a, that's a, that's a long time ago, too. Um, you know, I... You think you're going to do one thing, you know, and that's how it was with my husband and I starting this business 25 years ago. And um, you, you you get married, you start a business, and you decide decide to have a family. And it, it kind of gets, like I said earlier, you know, sometimes the road doesn't go the way you're expecting it to go. And not that that it was bad; it just was not what we expected when when Megan was born. Um, but we, we kind of stayed on task. I was ready to, um, to give it up altogether because I didn't know how I could actually be a, a successful businesswoman and be a successful you know, parent of a daughter with special needs. And Megan had a little bit more significant of a need. She was, um, uh, had open heart surgery when she was four months old, and due to complications, she um, was, had a, was, has a trach, um, and she was trached when she was... Um, five months old and she's now 21 and still has her trach so she she can hear but she can't speak so she's fluent in sign language um, and you know, she's a very spunky young woman <laughs> to say the least um, yeah so I, I just wasn't sure how we were going to be able to do that when you have doctors telling you that you know just so you know when you go home with this baby who not only has Down syndrome and a trach, you know, you, you can't drive alone in a car with her or, you know, you guys have to be everywhere together because, you know, of obvious reasons. And I'm, I'm like, oh my God, so overwhelming and so daunting of a, of a task. I'm like, I can't do both. And, and I said to myself, I'm like, well, this was my business plan idea. So I can say we can be done. And my husband can go and be a teacher like he had planned on being until I took him out of that and um, talked him into my my dream and which eventually became his and as well and um, at the point where it would have been a great time to leave um, to 
because of where we were location-wise and our lease was up in a different location, um, you know, I was like, okay, we're done. And he's like, and he's just kind of got really quiet on me for like two weeks. And I'm like, oh, he's so not done with us yet. <laughs> so <laughs> I said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you, you know, I'll do one thing for you. And I will drive up and down the middle of Avon on the, the main route, which we're on right now. And uh, I will look at available spaces because our space honestly was not, um, was not the greatest of locations at the time. So we did need to move if we were going to keep doing this. Long story short, I go up literally, literally go up Route 44 one time and find a spot. Um, we get hooked up with the landlord. He checks it. We check it out, and we ended up being there for 12 years. <laughs> so, and then. Um, moving to this location because it was it's owned by the same landlord and he knew that we needed more space um, and so we we've, we've been in this location for six years which you know has been it was a great move um, we increased our space by four times from a thousand square feet to four thousand so um, it, it was a little intimidating five years ago now it's not so much um, but glad that I'm glad that we stayed on track, and uh, it's been fun to watch New England Pasta Company, you know, grow exponentially, and then to have this addition um, has really meant a, a lot to our family and to our community. So, yeah. So New England Pasta Company is 24? 25. It's 25. December fifteenth is 25 years. So, and so what? So can you walk through the sequence again of? So first off, you, you convince your husband to join you on a journey to launch a restaurant. So that's that's a pretty big leap, right? That's a pretty big working leap. with the spouse and then going into the restaurant right. uh, industry, hospitality industry. Like those, those are. Well, I always I, I always tell people it's it's I pat myself on the back way more that we've stayed married for 25 years than owning a business for 25 years because we work right. together every day. But um, right, you get used right. to it. We're lucky that our relationship is able to handle that, um, and we and we needed to, quite honestly, with with Megan having to be with us twenty four seven after she was born. So it actually, you know, was the perfect job for us to have. Um, and yeah, it's that was that was a big leap of faith for for both of us. Um, yeah. And it started out small it really we didn't have a restaurant when we first opened it was we just made fresh pasta and ravioli and sauce and um that was kind of it back in the day and then we grew to do more gourmet to go um fresh lasagnas fresh breads um that we would bring in from a local bakery um and then we just slowly just kept growing and growing and filling a niche in the valley and um you know, we didn't we didn't have any competition and for the fresh pasta we still you know we still don't um, the gourmet to go tends to get a little bit more attention in the area we, a lot of places are doing it all over from grocery stores to you know other places so you have to kind of stay stay current in this in this business you know what I mean yeah <laughs> and um, yeah. but yeah it's, uh, uh, so so how many years were you in business before Megan was born? Uh, we were in business, let's see, um, she was born in, oh gosh, 94, 90, like three years, three years in business. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, so can you just talk through a little bit of just what that experience was like? Like just, I, so 
I, I think there's so many layers to mm. your story that you um, launched a business with your husband. That's that's a chapter. <laughs> a big one. <laughs> that's a big one. Um, and you have a business in the restaurant hospitality industry that's been around for over two decades. I mean, that's that's a, yeah. a, a chapter. I mean, that's incredible as well. Um, you know, two working spouses that have a child uh, challenging mm -hmm. uh, alone, and then a child that's born with special needs, and then a child that's born with special needs that has um, a series of kind of extreme complications yeah. that are that just you couldn't anticipate, right? So can you just kind of talk through your your mentality and how you approach that and how you got through it and how, you know, what this... Well, I have to tell you, like, when I, when I think about it and I tell my story, because I've been asked to do that a few times since we started Beans, you know, I, I wonder, like, I, I really, I really wonder how we did it. And I, I guess that we have an amazing marriage, number one, that I have, um, you know, a husband that he would take days off and be with the kid, with Megan. And that we have another daughter, Molly, who's, um, who's now 18, so three years younger than Meg. Um, you know, and he would have Daddy Day. That's what we called it. Every Tuesday was Daddy Day, um, and he he played a huge part in in raising our children. So, um, which I think is pretty fortunate for them to have a dad that was that involved and still is that involved in in their lives. Um, you know, and you just do. I you know, people will ask ask us. You know, how do you do it? And you just do it. You don't you don't have a choice. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I, I didn't think I knew what I was doing. Um, but, you know, I don't know. That's a, it's, it's, that's a really hard question to answer. Um, mm -hmm. You just took every day, one day at a time. Um, mm -hmm. Megan would be there with us. I mean, people remember her being in the bouncy, you know, those round bouncy seats on the table, um, watching us work because she had to be with us because of her, not, not necessarily because of the Down syndrome, but because of her trach. Um, it was constant 24-7 care. Um, yeah. So, you know, going to school, always a worry, you know, because you put her in somebody else's care because um, she would have a nurse with her all the time. But, you know, at some point you just have to, to trust that everything is going to be okay and people are going to take good care of your, your child. And we would just plow through. It's that, that's a hard question to answer. <laughs> You know, you, you do forget everything that happened. Somehow it kind of gets glossed over um, the years of, you know, not being able to uh, live a normal life with a special needs child, you know, because her her needs were so um, different and that the Down syndrome really took a back seat for us. It was, we were way more concerned about her, you know, keeping her alive um, and making sure that her airway stayed clear. And the, the surgeries that we've been through from age one, um, because when she was trached um, in Connecticut, uh, the doctors here were, were basically told Scott and I that they weren't gonna touch her until she was three. And there was no way in, in my world or in our world that that was that was good enough so we searched out the best doctor 
um, in the world for pediatric airway reconstruction, and that was in Cincinnati, Ohio, at their children's hospital there. So we made, um, Megan over the course of, from age one to age 10, had eight major surgeries on her airway, um, and probably in between all of those surgeries were um, day visits, where we would fly out at six in the morning from Hartford and be back in Hartford at eight o'clock at night, and that included, you know, being under anesthesia, getting to the hospital, doing that, getting her out of, you know, recovery, and back into a taxi and um, to the airport in time to get the afternoon flight back to Hartford. Um, we probably did that, oh gosh, 30, 40 times, maybe even more. So, um, you know, we were dedicated to um, doing whatever we could what was that, Michael? Hmm. Um, we were dedicated to doing anything that we could to um, get this trach out because we didn't believe she would be going that long. Um, we didn't want to wait till she was three to have her, um, you know, without a trach and with a voice. Uh, and at the at age ten, she had her last reconstruction. Um, and it didn't work, uh, and she's had all different kinds, which I won't go into, but um, we just decided at that point it was time to stop. It was, it, was, it was too much for our family life. It was too much for, you know, I had another baby in between, um, and too much for our business life. So we, and she was just starting to really grow educationally-wise in school, and we didn't want to interrupt her schooling. Um, so we kind of told her we would wait until she was done with school, which is now. So we'll see what happens. We're hoping that she has one more chance to, you know, scar tissue is, a, is an evil thing, and um, that's what she's dealing with in her airway. Uh, but, you know, honestly, I believe that her, her lack of being able to speak, um, but being able to hear, has <laughs> been a great thing in her um, ability to learn and to grow and to, to be who she is. Um, she's, it's a very different disability, you know, being fluent in sign language, having an intellectual disability, and um, but she can hear everything that you say. Um, she's a, a super hard worker, and um, you know, doesn't take anything for granted at all, um, like us. So it's it's been it's been it was crazy, and like I said, I, I hadn't talked about that in so long um, until we started this. That yeah. In some ways, I'm kind of glad I, I don't remember it all because I do wonder how we did it, uh, but you do. It, we're on the other side of it now. Yes. Oh, so when you guys were talking earlier about, you know, she's, she's trying to nudge in here now, so <laughs> she wants to be a part of this. Um, she... Uh, you know, this was another inspiration um, behind Beans, too, because Megan has um, has worked behind the counter at Pasta Company, you know, ever since she was able to, you know, do it, you know, which has been years. I'd say probably 10 years of working in different this location and the one before. And watching her work with the staff that I have and being held to the same standard and kept the bar high and you know, held accountable for bad behaviors. You know, she she doesn't. Oh, I mean, there we all we all have bad days. Um, but right now, we she's doing so well, and she actually trains P 
people on the on the register. Um, anybody that comes to work for pasta company, um, whether it's the support staff in Beans or the special needs staff, she's a great you know trainer. Um, she really knows uh, the ins and outs of our business, um, and that's just by you know watching it happen. Um, and you know she's. She's pretty popular in town. A lot of people know her, and they come to see her. And um, you know, she's it's it, so she really was a, a huge inspiration uh, behind this and the way we do business. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I, I think it's important to disclose on this podcast that because I'm in Seattle and you're in Avon, Connecticut, we're on both sides of the coast, we're using technology, (laughs) okay? Uh, I I was gonna talk about this during the intro uh, to frame it appropriately, but I think it's important for the conversation that's happening right now. So even though it's an audio-based recording, there's video so we can see each other. And and I so I I see Kim and I see Noel, and then I see Meg right there. And during this entire conversation, Meg is just like full of smiles and I it, it, she's full of smiles and she's adding context to <laughs> to to the entire conversation and it just brings so much more uh, depth and meaning to this conversation just having her there so Meg thank you for being here uh, and bringing a smile to to my face while we're having this conversation uh, I mean having the conversation is incredible but having Meg sit there during this conversation is uh, so much more. Thank so, you, Sam. Thank you. Thank you for being there, Meg. You're welcome. Um, so, Noel, can you can you share uh, your story uh, from uh, from the beginning to 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 today? Sure. Um, mine was a little bit like Kim's, other than the career part. Um, I uh, met my husband in college. I went on to law school. Um, I got a job um, in Big Law in Manhattan and had my first daughter and lived a very crazy life with um, a nanny. And back then there was no technology. Um, This is going back 24 years ago. Um, So there was no internet or anything. So I used to go into work. My husband um, does project management. So more in the construction, uh, he's an architect that does construction management. So he would go to work really early, like at 5 a.m. I would stay at the apartment um, until 9, and then the nanny would come, because most in, in New York, most law firms don't get going until about 9 or 10 in the morning. Then I used to cab at home um, at 6 p.m. I'd have the nanny put care of my first daughter down for a nap. Um, cab at home so I could spend two hours with her and then I'd cab it back <laughs> until one two in the morning wow. and I'd get up and do it the next day over again um, and did something very similar um, so then I had Kate uh, a year and a half later who had we didn't know she had Down syndrome um, and she was healthy at birth um, at around two or three months is when her airway issues began um, so um, she was subject to um, chronic pneumonias and um, hospitalizations and um, 
it was, and then I then I got pregnant with my third, <laughs> and I I was kind of honestly toast at that point. I thought I can't do this anymore. You know, getting Kate, we took her to this private early intervention program in New Jersey. Well, it wasn't private. It was just solely for kids with Down syndrome. It was unique. Um, and I was working and pregnant with my third, and uh, Kate's airway issues uh, went on as soon as she was lying in a horizontal position. So she never slept. It was like having what you would hear of like a parent call the croup. Um, <laughs> it would begin around 10, and it would end at around 6 a.m., and you'd look like a crazy person the next day because she seemed fine um, when she was upright. Um, so it took a while for doctors to kind of figure out what was going on with her. Um, and then I just quit altogether. I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, and I wanted to be home with the girls. I wasn't, I don't think, um, I think I would have been so mad at my husband if he got to be home and I was the one who had to leave every day. So we decided, mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, we took a huge pay cut, probably 70, 80% left New York and um, moved to Connecticut. And then I was here about three months. And um, one, of the do it, could you? <laughs> one of the partners I was working with uh, was starting up a finance practice at another large firm and said they were really progressive, technology was better, and I could work remotely. And I thought that was insane. How could I possibly do that? Um, but I couldn't not be home either because um, it was just too hard. It was too unpredictable with Kate. Well, with just having three kids under the age of four was hard to, to pra have that kind of practice. But also, um, you know, you learn to go, as I think Kim would say, you have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, and a plan D, and that's how you begin to live your life. And for a while, I just thought it was going to get better. and she was growing out of all these issues and at one there was a, a, a friend who happens to be a pediatrician and she said to me you know maybe you should just take it as it is and this is just the way life is instead of kind of hoping it would always get better like her health would always get better and this wouldn't be part of our lives she kind of got me onto the thinking of well this is just part of your life and you have to go with it and um so for her first 10 years, um, certainly there was a lot of going with it, um, with her respiratory stuff. And then um, just, you know, raising the other kids and working and... Just raising um, the other kids. Yeah, I, and <laughs> I also think back on that and I'm like, I don't know how we did that either. Um, so, but here we are and uh, they're 24, 22 and almost 21. So I don't know. Uh, so far, they're all alive and breathing, so <laughs> I would say that's a success. Good. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's good. Job well that's done. Good. Yeah. So um, that's my story. Um, so I still practice law. Um, um, I mm. still work uh, remotely, travel only when needed, and and now I'm a barista on the <laughs> side. <laughs> Is there? Do you look at law differently now, or do you? Maybe not law, but just your. You know, for, for Kim, she's doing stuff that's pretty similar to what she was doing before. For you, um, it's a whole different industry, a whole different skill set, um, but you've got, you know, you're kind of in, in both worlds. Do you, is, do you look at the other world differently now? 
Um, I think I've looked at the other world differently since I had Kate, to be honest with you. Um, mm. I, not that my, you know, my work always matters, um, but there's a sense of, I don't know, I, I don't know if you would agree, Kim, but mm -hmm. there's just a sense of ultimately at the end of the day, I don't know, there's um, a sense of what's truly important. Your job is really important, and I, will, I have worked, you know, 48 hours straight and 72 hours straight. Um, but when you're home, it just kind of comes back to you as to really what, you know, what's the most important thing in your world. Um, but I, I guess I feel very fortunate because I was able to still have a job um, and raise my kids at the same time in an industry where at the time that was pretty much unheard of. Um, but I do, I think the special needs part of Beans has been always been part of my life because I've always been pretty involved in Special Olympics and Best Buddies since Kate was born um, and the special needs community. So being a par that part of that community at Beans is, is totally in my wheelhouse. Um, not the restaurant stuff, though. I have to say it's kind of when you meet someone who's um, like meeting people in media who do directing and production. I'm always amazed, like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know anything about that industry, that there's lighting, that there's two producers, that there's sound people. So every time you meet someone or get to experience a day in the life of their profession, I'm always shocked at, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know that existed. Well, that's how I feel about the <laughs> the restaurant business. <laughs> I had no idea. Refrigeration and ordering and th there's just a million things. That it's the first time I took her down to the basement to show her all the storage. She's like, oh. Yeah. You I just had no idea. No, what do you think all this stuff was? Like, yeah, all the you just, of... on the main floor, you see just the cases and the beautiful food and the catering orders ready to go. Not everything that requires that end end product um yeah so i'm still actually in amazement over that um and we're about to go into our busy season which beans really hasn't been through except for the month of december so she'll be learning a lot mm. more yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's seeing a lot more and it's good it's going to be really fantastic actually. yeah um so. i have to say though i i i have loved every second of it every second of it yeah yeah um yeah. I mean, the legal stuff I can do for beans and have had, you know, friends help me with colleagues has been wonderful. My law firm's been really supportive. Um, um, I do love, I love being here. Mostly for me, it's early mornings um, before my day starts on my, you know, the other side of my life. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I have to say. It's a good way to start down, your day. Yeah, hands down to Kim. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. So earlier, uh, Noelle, you had started to talk about, you know, employers um, engaging. So how can what you're accomplishing at Beans uh, be extended beyond just the four walls at Beans? And I think uh, I'd love for you, for the two of you to continue to, um, or for Noelle, maybe for you to continue to expand on that. I kind of took it a different direction. Um, um, and just share like what your mission is uh, with this movement. Um, I would love to um, because it's something I feel um, I, I it, the passion I have for it kind of exudes 
out of every ounce of me. Um, Beans is a place where the community and, and people from all over can come and, and have great food and, and experience employees with disabilities doing a great job. Um, but we only have so many jobs here at Beans we can do. And even if there were a Beans in every town, it wouldn't, every town in every state, it wouldn't provide enough jobs for the people that are out there with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Um, you know, there's so many individuals on the autism spectrum and, and you know, all different levels of ability um, that there's no way even that you could, you could meet those employment needs. Um, and there's no reason that there's no reason that other employers can't follow this lead. And in fact, like, it, that Beans is successful and doing great where is wonderful and a huge joy. But what's even better is having one or two employers already come into us and say, we want to do this and we want to be part of this mission and working with us to create job opportunities for um, for these type, for these individuals within their own setting. Um, so that is our mission is is helping employers create job opportunities for this population within their current settings. Um, there's agencies, there's job coaches, there's there's a ton of resources. Um, and, the, um, and the benefits to their business, mm -hmm. you know. They're, they're real, just, um, you yeah. know, you have an employee every day who loves coming to work. Um, every day comes to work with joy and just wants to be there um, and maybe wants to do jobs that no one else really wants to do sometimes that maybe are repetitive or um, predictable predictable or require like organizing and whatever that job may be but that type of um, task really fits well for this um, population um, yeah, and I would say the effect on customers, on other employees, morale, um, having a social mission within, you know, j just doing, as I say, it's pretty easy. It's just doing the right thing. It's doing what's needed in this community. Um, and it's not hard and actually can be great benefit to your, to your um, employment culture. Exactly. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. One, our, my, our thought really is one employee, one employer at a time. Yep. You don't need to create a business to do this. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kim, anything to add there? Um, you know, I don't know if this, we thought this was going to be, turn into our submission, you know, our second mission within this, within the mission that we have at Beans. Um, but it really has turned into something that mm -hmm. we both feel really um, passionate about um, and I think it took me literally which is kind of weird but you know when Megan was graduating from the transition program in June and Beans had already been in existence since the you know December of last year and I'm sitting at graduation and I'm like oh golly like <laughs> what is she gonna do like do I want her to work here like she's we're lucky that she has a place to work I am NOT taking that away from from the situation at all, but like, what other opportunities are there out there for Megan? There, there may be some jobs, but is it something that she wants to do? Is it something that she's gonna like doing? Or is it something that those are her choices? And that, that's not right, that, that has to change. And that's where I think I kinda came more on board 
where originally I'm like, you know, we need to give hope to the young families because remember how we felt back in the day when, you know, there, it was hopeless, you know, and like, but we weren't thinking to age 21 when we were new moms. We were just thinking how we were going to get through mm -hmm. that day or that week. So, you know, yeah. but we're, we're doing that organically. You know, we, we have people come in and talking about IEPs and um, 504 plans and going through the PPT meeting process. So we're starting to, that's kind of just happening anyway. But what's not happening and what we need to really get out there and and make people in this area aware is like how easy this can be and how it's not a risk to your business or your bottom line because you have to think bottom line and business businesses are but you know we can we can attest to the fact that yes it is good for your bottom line it's good for your company culture it's good for your employees it's good for your community you know and it's the right thing to do um, and we're we're working on it, and we you know that's that's really important to us. Yeah, on the on the social mission piece of it, Sam, I, I realized it when I was speaking one day, and I said to someone, imagine, or maybe it was to a group, I'm like, imagine you go through school, and you get out of school, and someone says, well, you know, you have, you know, you can be a janitor for the night shift, which is fine, or um, or um, you know, say bad groceries. And those are your two options. You don't have any choice because those are the two things that are available for you. And that's, that is the given for this population. No one really thinking, you know, or asking or um, mostly because the job opportunities are not currently there. You know, what do you want to do? Um, I, I think of that, like our, our other mm -hmm. daughters, um, there's lots of thought of, um, they can know, do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, yeah. what, what is yeah. your skill set? If you're good at science and math, maybe you want to be an engineer or, um, you're good at art. Maybe you want to, you know, go that route or you're good at, um, technology. Um, maybe you want to go into, you know, something in the IT field. Um, mm -hmm. so I realized for this whole population, that question is, is really never asked. Um, mm, yeah. But it could be. Yeah. 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 Um, so how, how does that tie into the future? Oh. Right? So, I mean, it sounds like you're kind of talk kind of a little bit forward looking, a little bit uh, present. Um, yeah. What does the future look like? For so, and company. I would say it's definitely fluid. Um, you know, we mm -hmm. certainly have had people come and talk to us about what they would like to see, I think, um, mm -hmm. for Beans in the future. Um, I, you know, I, I think right now perfecting what we have right here, um, you know, we're, we're new, you know, we're eight months. We want mm -hmm. it to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it deserves time. Um, and the one thing that I think that is one of the reasons that we've been successful for so many years is that, you know, we, we never rushed into anything. And um, as, as tempting as it is, and I'm sure we said it in interviews at the beginning, like we want beans in every community. Um, and that would be great. But when it's time and in a, in a way that we don't lose the authenticity that happens in these within these four walls, because... It's so special here, 
and it's not just a cookie cutter franchise feeling. That's not what we want and that's not what's gonna happen. Um, but we do feel like this is not enough. I think we both feel that yeah. way that other communities really do need to, to have something like this, whether it's, I mean, I don't know. We, we really are getting close to a, a point where we're gonna have to make a decision. Um, but in the meanwhile, we're working hard every day to perfect our the way we do things in our handbooks and our you know our whole process system and and so we can be consistent when we do decide to expand however whatever that means um, mm -hmm. and at the same time trying to be able to be available to to talk to people about our this other mission that's kind of come you know a little bit front and center because it's really necessary to do that now um, you know to be able to go and, and, and speak at events and um, you know spread that mission that way and I feel by doing that we're really um, building a, a foundation for beans and so when it's time to make that decision it will be it'll be the right one yeah. well it's I mean it's clearly a testament to the two of you and what you're doing to have that type of conversation eight months into mm -hmm. to an endeavor yeah. right to, yeah. to have that um, to have that opportunity to have that big of an impact uh, eight months into anything I think is a testament to what you're doing and and um, how it's uh, you know leading people to think and behave and act and um, just differently uh, mm -hmm. in, a, in a very real and meaningful way and so uh, I'm so thankful to the two of you, for the two of you, for what you're doing um, and sharing your story. Uh, I told this story to somebody yesterday, just saying I'm I'm jumping on a on an interview tomorrow, and I said um, when I talked to Kim the first time, like I was getting choked up just listening. Uh, so you know, I'm just uh, so. Uh, she honored that you yeah. shared this story here, and she hasn't yelled at you, Sam, yeah. on, when you're on the coffee machine. You won't get so choked up after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't have to. I don't have to worry about the, uh, the what was what was the the milk thing. The milk thing. The, the milk technical thing. term. The milk. Oh. I don't have to do the work. The milk thing. Um, there is. Yeah, a, but I, I love what you're doing. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you, you for giving us the opportunity to talk about it. Um, but thank you for like you know doing your research and asking really great questions and and. Uh, you know yeah it, it's nice it's nice to to talk about it it's 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 really important to talk about it but um you make it really easy yeah. to talk about it so thank you yeah.